Welcome to the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad podcast, episode 49. Can you believe that? Uh, a video games book club and select button guide and podcast. Uh, every month, <laughs> we, pl- <laughs> we play a game either voted on by our listeners or handpicked by one of our intrepid explorers. This time we're playing Mario Paint, the only game where it's legal to draw a picture of a decapitated Mario. If you do it in other games, you'll get arrested. Uh, that was picked by a good friend of the cast one second before. Hi, how you doing? Hello. Um, once it was enough to create still images, but today we expect more. I'm one second before. I love it. <laughs> that's um, a quote from the Mario Paint strategy guide. Oh my god, that's great. <laughs> um, I'm also joined by uh, Tigris. How are you doing? Uh, I'm well. I I have graduated beyond kid picks and have entered the world of middle-aged Italian plumber picks. <laughs> time to time to transcend form and arise mustaches <laughs> for all amazing um and as always i am your paint covered host vassal Kenya. um i broke script there i don't know we're just going out of order um we'll be discussing mario paint using the four completely standardized metrics that everybody uses for scoring a video game which of course are vanity gun investigation and revelation um so yeah that's our that's our podcast for today uh you may hear music that has been composed in mario paint or mario paint like programs you may not depends on how many submissions i get but you'll be hearing some fun music uh we'll we'll see how it goes in the in the editing process But yeah, just as a quick intro, if you're not familiar with Mario Paint, this is maybe, this might be the most popular game we've done for the cast. I don't know. I have a short memory. Uh, but Mario Paint is a 1992 mouse driven digital art station. That's what I call it. Um, it includes options for making drawings where you have 15 colors. You can make stamps to put over your drawings, which is cool. You can make brief looping animations, uh, and you can make short musical loops as well. And you can put it all together in a single package, uh, and then record it to a VHS and mail it to your uncle. Um, it was developed and published by Nintendo. Uh, it's the 18th best-selling game on the Super Nintendo with about 2.8 million copies sold, if I remember correctly. Uh, and it inspired a generation of artists to draw a bunch of butts and Ninja Turtles and shit. Uh, so, <laughs> OSB, you picked this game. What what made you pick it? Like, What was your, your feelings or thoughts when you picked this game? Back in the day, I had a copy of Mario Paint. Um, when I was playing the Super Nintendo as a kid, I was a few years late to the party, and I was generally picking up games used. And I did pick up Mario Paint and an NES, Super NES mouse at Turbo Video Games in Sarasota, Florida. Rest in peace. And uh, played it a great deal. I had a great old time with it. I had the strategy guide as well, which uh, I'm holding right now with its uh, $9.99 price tag from Babbage's on it. And... Uh, <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, I had a great time with Mario Paint. Um, it was something that got me really excited about, like, uh, digital art and making music and all that stuff. Uh, animation. It was my first experience with animation, which I went on to do a little bit more with in the future, although I'm not an animator. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. And the fact that 
you can create so many different kinds of things with it, I thought would lend itself to an interesting podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll hear some music that people have created uh, on select button using Mario Paint. Uh, it's cool that you can output something original out of this game and just into a podcast. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's it's one of the more, like, in that way, modern things we've done because you can just record whatever you output. And, I, yeah, I can just put it in a podcast. It's pretty cool. So um, awesome. Yeah, I had a copy of this as well when I was a kid um, with the mouse. And I, mean, I think we got it new. Um, so, you know, it's not like we were picking up views, but yeah, it was, it was cool. It was one of my favorite experiences. So, um, I asked everyone to play an hour this time. Usually I'd ask, uh, how far did you get? But uh, about how long would you say you played? And if you want to get, like, you already kind of gave a brief history of OSB, but if you want to give like a little history of it, Tigers, if you did have this game or not. I, uh, I, I, I played it for 30 minutes today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel guilty about this. But I've had a busy little bit. Oh yeah, life if life it, before paint. I think if it makes you feel any better, uh, I haven't played this game since the nineties. Oh yes, this is this is perfect. This is actually pretty great because um, I didn't play with it as much as a kid as I might have liked to. My dad actually used it a lot more uh, than I did, but I streamed it for about two hours and i made a little animation a little picture and and some music and it's uh i'll link to the uh horrible horrible animation i did <laughs> i put it on youtube so i'll uh i'll throw a link in the description if you want to watch it but it is excellent uh, it is unpleasant <laughs> so um but yeah I, I i played it a lot i messed with it a lot as a kid so i i just really needed to refill refamiliarize myself with it so um cool so yeah, let's just let's just go. Let's just go into our first topic, which is, as always, vanity. Yeah, so I kind of think the vanity might be the single most interesting thing about this game so obviously you know the music and the graphics etc blah 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 but um i think that this game really invites like it's a very playful tool in a way that most tools aren't and i think a lot of that comes down to how it depicts its various tools um but just to give a, a very brief overview it's it's a paint it's primarily a painting program so mario paint um so you have a palette at the top you click all the various colors you can kind of switch through and then you have a bunch of little tools at the bottom that are sometimes obvious sometimes not so much uh, you know, if you click on the stamp, it's going to take you to a menu where you can pick stamps and things like that. But if you click on the dog, it'll undo the last thing you did with a weird little bark. Like, it's the undo dog. Why is it the undo dog? I have no clue. Um, but yeah, what did y'all think of, what do y'all think of the vanity of this game? I love the look and sound of this game a great deal. It's, um... It's got a very unique kind of vibe that um, carries forward in some newer games, which maybe we'll talk about later. Like Mario yeah. Maker has a bunch of references to this game mm -hmm. and uh, WarioWare. There's sort of this uh, Nintendo, what is it, EAD or R&D one? It's one of those Nintendo sub-studios that specializes in the like quirkier, weirder I stuff. Think this, this is R&D one. This is yeah. R&D one. 
Yep. Yeah. This is R and D one through and through. This is like mm -hmm. the mo this is like peak R and D one right here. Yeah, and R and D one. They also did like WarioWare and and Wario Land games. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. So that and the Mario Land stuff. Yeah, so, like, the kind of off-mainline, like, entries in franchises that tend to be the, like, sillier, weirder ones. I mm -hmm. love their output, and this game is a great example of it. It's got a great sense of humor. Um, the UI, uh, as Kania mentioned, is, like, uh, a little unintuitive in a funny way that kind of works. Um, yeah. There's a lot of little secret uh, things, like, you know, you control with a mouse and you can... For example, in the title screen, click each letter on the on the words Mario Paint and fun little things will happen, just like in a uh, really early PC graphic adventure game kind of vibe, you know, like the manhole or something. Yeah, they just, it's, it's great. Or like Matoko-chan No Wonder Kitchen, for example. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, for a more relatable example for our audience. <laughs> a normal one, you know, yeah. that game everybody's played. Yeah. <laughs> I remember opening... Looking at the Christmas tree and shaking all the boxes and unwrapping it, and there it was my copy of Matoko Chan No Wonder <laughs> Kitchen with the packaged mayonnaise spread all over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, how would you how would you eat the box any other way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you need um, some flavor. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's very it's it's very playful. Like it's just a a very inspired way of making it fun to explore these tools. And it's it, it's even like the ways that you can paint things. So like it starts pretty normal. Here's 15 colors. Um, but then you go to the next bar of the palette and it's like, okay, they're like checkerboards or whatever. And you keep going, they get weirder and weirder. It's like, okay, red hearts with a yellow background that repeats wherever you scribble it uh, or like a nose <laughs> you could just draw wherever you wanted to like weird stuff uh, until i guess like nintendo characters that you can stamp and, and make little dioramas with them and stuff like that um so yeah it, it's it's very fun in that that way and very i think enticing to like a kid brain um, in a way that for me, Kid Picks wasn't, but also Kid Picks was on a black and white monitor for me, so the color aspect was missing. But um, yeah, the game is kind of messy. It's like intentionally messy yeah. in a fun, goofy way that yeah. is inviting. You know, it's like it's not as intimidating as a lot of like art creation software. You're not. It's less like you're staring at this big, intimidating blank canvas, and more like it feels like there's like life already there that you're like interacting with. You know? Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean. Never played this as a kid, but I played a ton of kid picks. Uh, yeah, it's it they 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 feel very very alike to me in that respect. There, it's it's yeah, it's very inviting. It's very fun. It's very goofy. It uses a non traditional metaphor the stuff it has, like, but like it is a metaphor. Like, hey, you can take a break with a mini game by clicking on a coffee cup, right. Like it, like that. That took me a long time to figure out because I wasn't familiar with the association between coffee and breaks. But then my dad explained it to me, and I was like, "Oh, that's cute, right?" <laughs> yeah, it should have been a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the true salary man flavor. <laughs> I yeah, do my... like. Uh, oh, sorry, Kenya, you mentioned um, the different backgrounds that you can paint and the patterns. 
And I remember as a kid, something that really blew my mind was uh, the way those work. You could have like a paintbrush tool where you select the pattern, say a checkerboard, for example. And as you paint with it, it's like painting in that pattern. Like it's if you imagine that you're actually like erasing white out over a pattern, right? It's like revealing a pattern as you paint. And that is like for I couldn't say why, but there's something viscerally extremely satisfying to me about doing that. Yeah, well, like they make that paper for kids where it's like it's black. not just it's not just for kids. It's a it's also it's called scratchboard. Scratchboard, yeah. And like the one I had as a kid, it was it was black, and then you would scrape it off, and there was like a rainbow color underneath. Yeah, like like typically for more professional art applications, it's usually a solid color, but it is it's it's totally a thing. Got it. Yeah, which is I yeah. There's something very like yeah viscerally kind of interesting about that yeah it feels like more than just paint you know using a crayon or whatever like you're scratching something off like it's cool Um, what i truly want though is to have real life paint though that behaves that way like to have like (laughs) you know a bucket of uh checkerboard paint and i dip my paintbrush in it and i paint on like a canvas and it just paints in checkerboard like a cartoon that's what i want the most (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, there's even this to some extent in like actual professional drawing programs. Like I, I use uh, Procreate on my iPod pad, right? And not all the brushes, but a, a number of the brushes kind of work this way by just sort of like putting down a textured pattern that you expand outwards rather than like layering pixels over other pixels. Nice. I want to do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's if you got an iPad, it's ten bucks. It's the best. It's one of the best art applications I've ever used. That's really cool. It's a good. Rack. This is product placement for Procreate. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Procreate. <laughs> um, one of my favorite little touches with the drawing part is that you have. Let's see. I'm counting on this little screenshot. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight, nine different ways of erasing your entire canvas, um, which is completely unnecessary, but great. Um, There's one that just goes bink and it disappears, but there's one that like turns it into like, what if you were censoring the whole screen, like these big, increasingly large pixel blocks? Uh, One of them will swap all of the blocks around until it looks like a mess, and then they just sort of slowly disappear. Some of them march off the screen. It's great. Just full-on Tumblr. I found some female-identifying nipples in your painting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's, it's fantastic, which, I you know, that was one of my favorite things uh to do as a kid was to draw something and then erase it with one of the weird things and then undo it then erase it with something else like you know i wanted to see how it interacted you know um but yeah it's 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 neat so the drawing side has a lot of those fun little tools um the music side also has a very fun interface where you each note is represented by a different little pictogram. So some of them are Mario things. So, you know, there's a little Yoshi that makes Yoshi sounds. There's a star that sounds like it's twinkling. But there's also a dog that just barks and a cat that meows and a an airplane that makes a guitar noise. It's like, it's it's cool. It's very fun. And when you play the song, Mario walks on the top of this, like, sheet music and bounces on each set of notes as he as he runs by. And that's when they play the sound is right when he hits it. I, said, I don't know. It's cute. It's It was very pleasing to me. 
Yeah, it's cute, and it's also another way that it takes something like real and makes it less intimidating. Like because it actually is using a real like uh, it's using real musical notation, but it's replacing the notes with little fun pixel uh, art pieces. You know, it's like you actually are like composing a musical score, but um, they make it like silly and fun, and it, you almost don't even realize you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and there's limitations to it. There's very steep limitations to all of this. We'll kind of get to that. But yeah, just that impression of physicality with this game is very strong. Um, and I think that, that that helps it be kind of this halfway point between a game and a tool, which is what I think they're going for. Um, yeah, it's yeah, I don't know. It's great. The music is very good, too. Like just the in general, like soundtrack to the game um like i'm not talking about the music you can make in it but i'm talking about the music that the game uh has in the background like the title screen or the mini games or as you're working on stuff it's really charming music like to me it's like some of my favorite music on the super nintendo yeah the people might be familiar with the save song which is very good um which i will play here Um, but my favorite is when you're painting and making animations and stuff, um, you can change between three songs. And one of them, I think, is a bunch of fish or something. But it's this very new agey sounding, like, atmospheric piece. It's very good. I can't remember who I sent it to. I sent it to somebody and they were like, oh, my God, this is this doesn't sound this sounds amazing. <laughs> like, I would just listen to this. I'm like, yeah, it's Some great. Very, uh, very. Uh, why can't I remember the name of that? Very, very much that satellite radio station before N Nintendo bought it up so they could transmit video games over their radio <laughs> broadcasts. Yes, uh, Saint Giga. It Saint does Giga. sound like the kind of thing that would play on that. It man, I wish I could listen to that station like as it aired in the in the 90s early 2000s because the recordings people have put up on like uh Japanese YouTube what's it called like Nico something. Uh Nico 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 Nico. Yeah, yeah. People have put up recordings of Saint Giga broadcasts from the late '90s on there, and they sound incredible. Like they played great ambient music and like chill out house music and stuff. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Based stuff. on based on the t the uh, the tide, they changed what they were playing oh, based so on, good. on the tide, if I recall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they had every day they would look at the tide charts for the day, at, like the actual tide charts, and. Uh, <laughs> Depending on where the tide was, like, I think it was like when the tide was high, they would play more intense music. And when the tide was low, they would play more spacey, relaxing music. Like, you got to love that. Like, it just dynamically changing the intensity of your music based on the movement of the ocean. <laughs> like, that's that, so yeah. good. That's incredible. Certainly, con contextualizing that, this certainly makes Mario Paint seem a little... Like, that's not, like, a direct connection, but it certainly makes Mario Paint seem less weird to me in that, like... Something that I think is maybe a little bit more common in Japan to some extent, someone's gonna murder me for saying that, I'm sure, <laughs> uh, is... Just, like, during the 80s and 90s, there was a lot of, like, hey, we've got some tech, what can we do with the tech? 
and uh, sometimes that was, we're going to use a satellite to have a radio station based on tides, uh, and sometimes <laughs> it's like, we can do a paint program on the on the Super, on the Super Famicom, in the case of Mario Paint. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, general, like, energy and, like, willingness and kind of, like, I guess the main thing is just willingness to fund experiments, and I wonder if that is, uh, you know, a, a part of that, like, bubble economy they had going at the time. Like, maybe Although there the was just had so much money. At that, at that point. Ah, uh, yeah. The bubble burst, like, I want to say... It, it definitely was, like, all about to burst if it hadn't burst in the 90s. I should know yeah. this, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm I don't not have sure any exactly. Idea. Yeah, I don't know exactly when it went until, but it also could have been maybe the lingering like uh, aftershocks or whatever, like the the lingering willingness to fund stuff after. I don't know. There was H like th there was HD television. There was not television, but there were HD TVs and some HD video available to consumers in Japan in like 1993. Yeah, right. Like like <laughs> there there was just like. Japanese companies were just loved putting out stuff like that. I just sure we're gonna do this. It it does feel like that. This game like this game does kind of fit into that narrative a bit of just like, hey, we got you know what we're gonna make? A fucking mouse for the Super Nintendo. You <laughs> cool. You're gonna put that with a game? Yeah, we're gonna put it with a paint program that does music and animations. And, and the cool. thing was that was apparently a pretty successful thing because yeah. until like the PS... No, PS2, I think, even had, like, support for actual mice, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Absolute... Like, every single console had a mouse. Like, after the Genesis this. had a mouse, baby. I just the, found out about yeah, that Yeah, the today. Genesis had a mouse, the Saturn had a mouse, the, uh, the PlayStation had a mouse. The, uh, like, did the Dreamcast have one? I know it Dreamcast, had a keyboard. Dreamcast had a mouse and keyboard, I believe, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, like, the mouse is such a useful tool, and prior to, like, analog sticks especially it was really the only way of getting a pseudo analog signal into something but with okay so i want to talk we're about like the mouse to some extent we're, we're yeah. completely <laughs> off, off traffic the thing about this game is to me yeah it is interesting as a nexus of several design trends that were kind of coming together and would continue after it almost as much as it is an object but that's later yeah yeah, I think, uh, so just, you know, to talk about the music a little bit more directly, um, the game has three of my favorite composers who've worked at Nintendo. So there's uh, Hirokazu, Hirokazu Tanaka, otherwise known as Chip Tanaka, uh, who did like Metroid and a bunch of other shit. Uh, did some Earthbound music. Love yes, that guy. Did some Earthbound music. Um, Kazumi Totaka, who it is actually, this is the first instance I had heard of his little secret theme song that's in everything he does. It's one of the easiest ones to do, for one thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, e even in Animal Crossing on, on the GameCube slash N64, um, you had to enter a special code to get that song. Um, so that's, but yeah, his stuff is always fun. Um, you know, maybe most well-known for Animal Crossing. Um, and then Ryoji Yoshitomi is a, is a favorite of mine. He did uh, Wario Land 4 as well as Metroid 2, um, two of my favorite game soundtracks, just period. Um, Metroid 2 especially is an incredible piece of just 
absolute bizarreness to get out of a Game Boy. Um, so yeah, like a real confluence of like my favorite Nintendo composers, which and I think is neat. Also notably, that's another R&D one project. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, Ryoji Yoshitomi though, I'm just like, he very, not as much output as some of the other folks at Nintendo, but most everything he touched, I, I just fell in love with. So that um, Wario Land 4 soundtrack is wild it is outrageous there is nothing like that no you want to know so here's a connection between wario land for wario wear and mario paint so mario paint has the nat attack game which is the fly swatter game which is essentially a mouse trainer which is great um the wario land 4 soundtrack has a bunch of cds 16 cds that you can collect and they're all fucking weird (laughs) one of them in particular is the sound of a fly buzzing around and someone trying to swat it. And that's the entirety of, of that song for like two minutes. <laughs> um, incredible shit. In WarioWare, the first one, they brought back Nat Attack as a mini game that you could unlock. And the title screen for Nat Attack used the that weird CD of the fly buzzing around, except they cut out all the swatting noises for some reason. So it's just a fly buzzing around with weird interludes of silence. So <laughs> there's a connection for you. When I heard that uh, for the first time, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> and it's also in Mario Maker as well. Yes, it's in Mario Maker. It's technically in uh, a prototype for Mario's, or what is it? Uh, fucking the the studio the N sixty four DD things I always forget the name because they're terrible Mario uh, artist mo- paint studio yeah. or something there were like five of them yeah there were there were four and we'll get into that in 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 revel or in uh, investigation I think but anyway but music's great <laughs> you should I'm if I'm not playing that spacey soundtrack right now I probably already did it so um I'm trying to think I wanted to say something else about the vanity but it's not coming to me it might it'll probably come to me in about 45 minutes so i'll just shout it out then um one thing but- that i can add uh something i really liked as a kid and i still kind of like it's a weird thing to enjoy it's sort of part vanity part gun but um when you fill a background in mario paint like when you use a fill tool uh, to oh, fill yeah. a background with a color it has to like slowly load in like the the paintbrush does a little dance, like a little loading dance. And then from the paintbrush out, up and down, the color like scrolls up and scrolls down out of the paintbrush, up and down across the canvas. And uh, it's like, it should be annoying, but it feels really good to do. Like, I always really like just watching the color scroll across the canvas. Yeah, it is. It's very satisfying. It makes this weird, like, noise i don't know how to describe it it's like a it's like what if an eraser like a rubber eraser was being rubbed across plastic and i i can't even describe it but it's an amazing sound and the little dance that the paintbrush does is very cute (laughs) it makes me wonder if it was a limitation of the super nintendo like they couldn't just change the background in an instant like you'd see in like microsoft paint or something and they just found the most incredible way to make it enjoyable instead of annoying or if they actually just did that on purpose when they didn't have to it's on purpose like the the like clearing a screen it's literally just changing one pixel and since that's one frame 
it, it, it that would be a very easy process to do. So that's well, but it doesn't. It's like a fill tool, so it's not clearing the screen. It's filling the contiguous oh, filling area. The, yeah. So yeah. that like you can actually make that process take a really long time. By like if you were to draw a, like a literal maze, it would have to go all the way through the maze to fill it all. <laughs> so oh, it doesn't actually. Yeah, like I, I used to see how long I could get that lo- that that paint thing to go because I wanted to see the paintbrush dance. <laughs> so I would draw little mazes for it, and it takes fucking forever. <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't know that. Maybe a little uh, column A and a little column B with it. Yeah, I feel yeah. like because their fill algorithm was probably like inefficient or not possible on Super Nintendo, they made it fun. You can also stop a fill partway through by clicking again. Um, so you can actually use it to make different patterns by clicking and filling a part and then clicking again to stop the fill. So it is also functional in a way. Oh, that's so, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess I did play a lot of this game. I don't remember anything I made in it. <laughs> but I remember playing with it. I remember it being a toy, which is very funny. I, I've never really been the kind of person who creates stuff from nothing. Like, give me a blank canvas and I'll give you back a blank canvas. Um, but I, I like to play with this toy, which I think is its strength. So, Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I made with it. And um, there's only one thing that's like really in my memory about it. I wish I could have uh, dug up my old cartridge and seen what was on it, but I don't even know where my Super Nintendo is. But um, one thing I remember doing was making an animation with music, and uh, it had, you know, some of the sprites that come with the game. The game comes with a bunch... Oh, yeah, that's worth saying. game comes with a bunch of uh, sprites that you can... Like, stamps that you can stamp on, Mm -hmm. like Super Mario World sprites and original sprites to the game. They're all, like, very charming and fun. Uh, And it comes with some background art that you can use, like a brick wall. That's some pretty good sprite art. But I remember using some of those to make a little animation of... uh, it was called Greedy Luigi, and it was uh, it was <laughs> Luigi stealing someone's Game Boy and running away, and then uh, getting his comeuppance. Uh, forget I gotta, how. I gotta say that's a weird, <laughs> a weird thing to call Waluigi there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I predicted Waluigi apparently, uh, but yeah, I even composed a little song to go with it that was super basic, but it was like the theme song of Luigi being greedy. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, one of my favorite Nickelodeon shows from the early 90s. Greedy Luigi. I don't get it. I don't either. I'm, it's just, I'm riffing on it. Oh. <laughs> it does sound like... It sounds like, like a... That sounds, it sounds I like a moralizing... Literally every day, people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I could see it. I could see that being a Nickelodeon thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Uh, I, I'm. T- I don't remember. I can. I know something my dad made, but I'm, I'm saving that uh, for my for my revelation. So look oh, forward to that. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up, just like everything else I talk about with my dad. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but I promise it has nothing to do with the political figures of the time. Um, so. Yeah, what else do we have to say about vanity? I kind of feel like that covers it for me, but I don't know if there's any other anything else. That. That covers everything I saw in my 30 minutes of playing it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's it for me as well. Cool. Then, uh, wow, it's so much easier when it's just two of you. Um, (laughs) So let's move on to our next topic, which, of course, is gun. 
Gun, of course, being a stand-in for mechanics, blah, blah, blah. You know this. You listen to this podcast. If this is your first episode, picked a good one, but you're just going to have to figure this out as we go. Um, so, yeah, this game is kind of hard to describe mechanically, so I'm just going to, I guess, talk about what it is and give try to give a little bit of context for it. Go ahead. It's a paint program. Well, it's a paint program, right? Like, there's not much to say about it, but it does feel interesting in the hand. So, a couple of things. It's the first game with the Super Nintendo mouse, which uh, did come bundled with it. I think it was the only way to get a a SNES mouse. Don't quote me on that. Um, And it came with a plastic mouse pad, presumably because it knew that people were going to be sitting on the carpet or sitting on chairs, and they needed something hard to put it on. Need something hard in their lap to put it on. So they, it's this weird plastic gray mouse pad. It's fucking unpleasant, but it works. Um, the interaction is all mouse based. You simply cannot use a controller. Um, if you plug a controller into the second port, there are a couple of things you can unlock, um, but it's, it's a secret. Um, the game is primarily left click. They barely use the right click at all. In fact, I'm struggling to think if they do use the right click at all. Um, so that's weird. And yeah, I don't know, just things just sort of work as you'd expect them to. Um, the most mechanics-heavy thing is the, uh, Nap Attack minigame, which you're swatting flies with a fly swatter, but it's really just a mouse trainer. Like, it starts by just, you know, you clicking on mouse, uh, on little weird fucking flies, and they die. And eventually you need to start dodging bullets and things, but that's about as complex as it gets. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I actually loved Nat Attack. That was like, I probably spent more time playing that than playing Mario Paint. I thought that was actually just a really fun, like, arcade game. Um, great I wonder music if too. it holds up. Yeah, the music was great too. I wonder, I'd love to play that again sometime. This is an odd game because it is, and I think the reason I was only able to get you to partially is because this game's fucking hard to emulate. Um, it, it it works just fine with an emulator, but uh, modern mice have this. They they send signals very much, and the numbers are very big, <laughs> is my understanding. But basically, the mouse is way too fucking fast. You have to slow your mouse down to a crawl to get it to work with every emulator I tried. Um, I ended up making a special Joy 2 key uh, configuration that would very slowly move my mouse using the analog stick on my controller because I got sick of switching my DPI and it was still too fast even when I did. Um, So that's kind of an odd thing. There's no good, there's no great way of emulating this. You have to do special things to make it work. So yeah, even playing that attack now, there's no way to get the original experience. Um, Part of the weird thing about that is this game has an option to change the mouse speed. There's three different speeds. Uh, but get this, that's stored in the mouse. So when you hit the button in this, on the screen, it's actually storing that speed in the mouse. Um, and so it doesn't do anything in emulation because the mouse is still sending the same signals even though you hit that button. Um, so that's also very odd. It, it's not interpreting it in software. It's actually changing 
the numbers, I guess I would, that the hardware is sending. So, um, yeah, really weird. It's worth talking about the feel of the Super Nintendo mouse. Um, you know, I haven't felt it in a while, but uh, as I recall, you know, it was a old school mouse with a mouse ball. It was very small for child hands, uh, worked fine for me with my tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> it has two purple uh, buttons, left click, right click. Um, I think that they felt a little less clicky than your average mouse, but I can't recall now. But yeah, the mouse ball would sometimes get a little confused in the way that old mice could, but I don't recall it being particularly better or worse than your average... Well, maybe a little worse than your average mouse at the time. Yeah, um, I have never touched one. I thought about one, and I didn't. (laughs) I should have messed around with it when I was uh, at my parents' house recently. That would have been fun to dig that thing up. I did find my old cartridge, but sadly, no Super Nintendo. This is going a little far. I, I probably shouldn't. I'll, I'll save this for investigation because I found something surprising about the mouse. Ooh, okay. I'm looking forward to that. Um, let's see. What else is there to say here? We talked about the um, the feel of the fill tool. So, yeah, in general, they did pay a lot of attention to the, like, the visceral. input feel yeah the visceral input feel as you're as you're painting like it's it's interesting to have a paint program with like a nintendo level of attention to the input feel you know like only, that's something that's prioritized usually in like paint software yeah the only uh the only paint software with hit button feel good is a priority yeah exactly and it makes a big difference actually like it <laughs> it's great yeah, like, um, it was interesting messing around with it a little bit. I actually did, I, I, it was a pain, but I used the mouse a little bit while I was, while I was using it. And it's surprisingly precise, if the emulation is to be believed. Yeah, I found it to be, like, fairly precise when I was playing it as a kid. I'm back, sorry about that. That's alright, we were just talking about the feel of the mouse. Maybe you can weigh in on that as well. Oh yeah, the mouse feels... <sighs> I'm rem- trying to remember how the mouse felt. I don't feel like it felt great, partially because it was on a plastic mouse pad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was remembering that it, you know, it was like a mouse ball mouse. Like it was probably, I feel like in my memory, it was slightly worse to use than your average regular mouse ball computer mouse of the era. Yeah, it felt, yeah, just off. I don't know why. I, it's been so long and I haven't touched one since then that I couldn't really tell you. Um, I was used to using a mouse because I had, or we had a family computer at that point. I may have even had my own hand-me-down computer. I don't remember. Um, but I, I used a mouse a lot. Um, so it definitely didn't feel good, (laughs) but yeah, I would be, I'm really interested in other console mice though. Like the the Genesis mouse would be probably the most like it's the most relevant comparison, I guess, in terms of timeliness. I want to use it. I want to see how it works. I'm never going to. I'm never going to have the chance, but it does sort of fascinate me. <laughs> I wonder if there were any console mice that came along late enough to have like a uh, a light input instead of a ball. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, because like later consoles. They just accepted USB mice or, or didn't have a mouse, I think. (laughs) 
But yeah, I don't know. I'm always interested in, in alternative inputs, um, but this is what probably the least interesting. The mouse I mean, had been around for a long time and, you know, there I, wasn't anything innovative about it. I, I mean, you can, if it's not a, like PS3 doesn't have like a dedicated mouse, but you can control the interface with a mouse. Yeah, like modern consoles generally just let you plug in a mouse and some games work with it. Like there, there's at least one game on the Xbox 360 that works with a mouse. Like, I know that. <laughs> so, um, and you can, you know, you can always add hacks and stuff. It it understands the input at some point. So yeah, of course I could plug in a 2021 mouse into my Xbox 360 or whatever. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even know what there is to talk about here. It's like point, it's point and click and shit happens. You know, there's really not much else to say. <laughs> yeah. I think we've covered it pretty well. <laughs> uh all right well there you go i thought that was going to be short yeah it's mostly in the vanity so um cool well here's here's uh some music as we go into our next section which is of course investigation Um, and and this is, I, I see think, a traditional Cania forgot celery man week. Oh fuck! I mean, yes, no, that's what I meant to do. <laughs> did I include a salary man game? You did not. Packs? Okay, great. great. I forgot about that too. Uh, I guess it's we'll take our coffee break instead. I mean, I mean, yeah. what, I, what I, I mean, what I would do for that. This is the best time to plan what we'll do on a podcast is during the podcast. Uh, <laughs> there's another universe where we found some salaryman game that used the the Super Nintendo mouse for an interface. Oh fuck. <laughs> like Hold uh, on, we could have done look P- it up. We could have done P cross. Oh, is that it? Would you consider that a salaryman game? I think a salary yeah, like yeah, if you do it on the train, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, just it would be something you do on the train. That's fair. That's fair. Well, uh, this week we're playing uh, Mario Picross. Uh, I, I have actually played this game. I have also played this. <laughs> Perfect. I played, I played it on the Switch Game online. Boy 1. <laughs> good, good enough. It's the same game. Game Boy 1 has <laughs> some killer music, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen to Pulse Wave. Um, the puzzle episode has some Mario Picross music. Um, yeah, Mario you know, Picross. Nintendo good makes game. really good Picross games they're really good like they're really good at the puzzle design and their interfaces are 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 super excellent yeah they're they're wonderful to play i played pcross first with pcross ds me too i was gonna say that is the best pcross yeah yeah i I, I played the 3ds one one of the 3ds ones but i think that was by the same developer did you know that that game had a uh, competitive two-player mode what? what the fuck? <laughs> yep, it would give you a series of simple Picross puzzles, like I think five, and whoever solved all of them first would win, but if you made mistakes, you got a time penalty. That, that reminds me of this stupid game I invented in high school, which was called Competitive Solitaire. 
<laughs> and the and point was, was just... the point was you and another person kept playing solitaire until one of you won a game of solitaire. <laughs> you could start. You could restart what any time. It had a dexterity component. <laughs> so, How like, many shuffles did you have to do for it to count, though? Uh, I never established that, but I uh. did play this game several times. Surprisingly, <laughs> it was so bizarrely me- compelling. <laughs> So multiplayer solitaire, you could have called it social blair. <laughs> I think I called it duo tear. Nice. I like both of those. Yes. <laughs> social blair is much uglier in the mouth in a way that I enjoy. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, Picross, it's like uh, it, it's it, it's it's not your it's not your daddy's Sudoku. Yeah, it's, it's honestly her. much easier. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Easier? Oh, I fuck. I can't. I think it's easier. I find, it, I find Pcross easier as well. Oh, Sudoku fucking kills me. You know why it's easier though? It's because Sudoku's boring as hell, and I don't want to do them. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> I, I don't think it's those. easier. I think it's more. Com- I think it's more engaging. Is the thing. I love both weirdly a lot, and I've I've played both for so many hours, and I I find Pcross a lot easier, and maybe part of it is the. Uh, fact that you're making a picture that gives you like additional clues later on down the line yeah like a good p-cross should be able to be solved without resorting to you know oh what's the picture going to look like but it is nice to be able to go oh i this that's a hundred percent what right? it is <laughs> yeah like it's fun like if we, you do a Sudoku, a right cool. what do you get oh those numbers are in the right place yeah uh yeah. as opposed to like a p-cross where it's like oh look it's uh uh, oh look, it's Pikachu. It's a flower. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm a big fan. Big it's fan a bucket. I got another bucket. God, so many buckets in this version. I got of a, It's a bird again. I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can get a rock sometimes in Pikachu. <laughs> I've never. Mo- oh, I've never going? done one on paper. I've never done a Pikachu. Neither have I. Oh, yeah, me so- neither. Seems so yeah. perfect for video games. I would like to do one on paper, but and I've looked for uh, books of it, and uh, no luck. They're hard to find in the U.S. The thing about the thing too about about Picross um, is that, like, I think all the super most of the Super Nintendo ones, if not all of them, were actually uh, through the Nintendo Power cartridge downloader service, which I think oh. we've talked about before. Like With Tamagotchi, like, yeah, we talked two, about it. Yeah. Um. Which I'm always very aware of that. So, like, again, there was Pokemon ones in, like, 96, I think. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, there Yeah. So there we go. So we played a bit of Picross. Um, I don't remember what the music in Mario Picross sounds like. I don't think it's it very good. It was probably fine. Version. Yeah. Game Boy version's better. <laughs> um, it makes more sense, quite frankly. Yeah, that's true. I never really understood wanting to play Picross on like a home console. Like to me yeah. it is like the like portable puzzle game. I mean I've done it. Like I've played a lot of Picross on Super Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I the funny thing is I, I played it on the Switch online service, but I only played it on the TV. I only played it in docked mode. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I yeah. play uh I have a recommendation for an iOS Picross. Hungry Cat Picross. Actually, I think they renamed it recently to Hungry Cat Nonograms, probably for copyright reasons. Oh, but yeah. uh, that is the best mobile uh, version of the game that I've played. And they have like so many different puzzles and they have the fun like 
Uh, you know when you make like a whole giant uh, picture out of multiple puzzles? They have a lot of those, which I love. That's good because I had a Picross thing on my phone and it was very frustrating because they started going into like 15 by 15 and the accuracy for phone was just totally lacking and there was no yeah. way to zoom in. Um, yeah, that's the big... Uh, yeah, I should have mentioned that. So that's the big limitation on like iPhone or smartphone like Picross is, yeah, if it gets too granular, like your fingers can't do it accurately. But Hungry Cat solves that by it's like a twist on Picross where it's multicolored. And so oh. they can get away with much smaller Picross boards, but you've got like five different colors that you've got to choose from and they like no. tweak the puzzle. So there's like clues for each color you know so it's really really clever because you have these small boards but you have way more complexity with the boards because of the different colors it's perfect and it, it works very well that's great yeah i i'm gonna i'm gonna pick that up it's on android as well so definitely nice. gonna be playing that sounds that. like the perfect thing to play while i ignore my family on the beach trip i'm going on this week. <laughs> that's what P cross is all about hell yeah um, it sounds like the perfect thing to I hope uh, play. I'm glad and... my family doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> this is the perfect game to drop on my face in bed. <laughs> um, so that's Pcross. Thanks for uh, distributing that ROM into our minds, Tigress. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I gotta put this in the script. Why is it not in the fucking script? Oh, it is in the script. I was looking at the wrong part. You just it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god anyway uh <laughs> i don't even know why i try with salary man anymore i just never <laughs> remember um let's jump to our next topic <laughs> investigation Uh, the uh, which always comes after Salaryman Corner, always, every always. time. <laughs> um, so yeah, investigation. This one I tried to learn as much as I could and kind of find some connections because I knew that gun was going to be pretty light. Um, so I did do some research, um, mostly on the sort of legacy of Mario Paint, like what it inspired, the direct connections, and maybe indirect connections. I also watched a documentary, which was not my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> not going to dunk on it too much, but uh, uh, if you there's only one Mario Paint documentary on YouTube, and it's frankly not worth your time. <laughs> I didn't like it either. Ugh. Just, oh god. Anyway, I'm not going to dunk on it, though, because that's not any fun. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to talk about one thing at a time, and we can kind of go for it. So I did dig... Okay, I have to look it up, though, to get the name correct. Hold on one second. Mario Artist. Yes, okay. So there were a series... The most direct sequel to Mario is likely the Mario Artist set of games. So there were three games and one internet application. It was only for the 64, the Nintendo 64 disk drive, which was only released in Japan. You could only order it by mail, and it was canceled less than a year after its release. It was discontinued. Um, so the four, the four products <laughs> were Paint Studio, which is what I poked around at, 
Talent Studio, Polygon Studio, and Communication Kit. The Communication Kit was essentially to connect online and exchange things, I think kind of in a, uh, a f- almost like a Mario Paint forum. Um, but the other ones were sort of these three interconnecting pieces of software that you could do various things in. And I, I, I streamed Paint Studio for a couple of hours. Tigress, I know you were there. I definitely was there. Yeah, and you didn't get any of the audio, which is a bummer because it had decent music, but it was fucking weird. So Mario Paint is very much in the legacy of like Microsoft Paint or KidPix. It's about pixels and modifying them uh, directly by painting them. Uh, Paint Studio is kind of a hybrid between a paint and a Photoshop. So it has the tools to draw pixels, but it also has things like you can sharpen or... uh, reduce the sharpness of things you can invert colors and rotate things and just do all sorts of weird filters and things too um and it's supremely ugly (laughs) and it has a bunch of stamps of n64 characters and pokemon illustrations and just the whole thing seems oddly crass and i could not figure out who the hell it was for um it's weird I think the reason everything looked kind of weird was Nintendo 64's like blur filter. That didn't help. I, I, this thing had built in anti aliasing though. So one thing I discovered, cause in Mario Paint, you can, you know, draw shapes, circles and squares and whatever. And in this game, you could do the same thing. So I draw a big old heart with the, the heart tool. But then if you zoomed in, you could see where the color sort of anti aliased into white. And if you used the um, the tool, whatever you call that when you pick up a color, what's that called? Uh, oh, like yeah. a dropper or something? Yeah. Let's go with dropper. Dropper. So, it, you know, it clones a color. I could clone I, that in-between color. So it wasn't just being filtered like in post-processing. It was literally drawn that way. Uh, very strange. Um but yeah, it, it it sort of has this... It's a much nicer interface to use, partially because the N64 has more buttons. You don't need a mouse, but there was an N64 mouse. You don't need it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It was really, really weird. Really weird to use. A um, couple about, of good songs, though. And the, and the dinosaur thing, I think, <laughs> might be one of the best things on the Nintendo 64. Yeah. Dinosaur thing? Oh, yeah. So get this. So... The- <laughs> This game has a has an additional mode that where you have these scenes. There's a dinosaur scene, and it's in 3D. So we're talking N64 3D graphics with a brontosaurus and a T-Rex and a pterodactyl and a little volcanic volcanic river and shit. And you can go into the textures of the dinosaurs and change them. So I made the brontosaurus all rainbow stupid looking, which was great. And then you could walk around in the sea to no end, as far as I could tell. There was like a little lava field. You could take pictures. I couldn't figure out how to take pictures, but you could. Somebody compared it to uh, Pokemon Snap, which is absolutely nothing like Pokemon Snap. It is absolutely nothing like Pokemon Snap besides the abstract thing of you are taking pictures in a 3D environment on Nintendo 64. Yeah. Okay, you know what energy this has to me? This has 
like Sonic Team excited about 3D energy to me. Like, <laughs> yes, it has exactly. It's like in uh, Nights into Dreams when if you if you lose the level, you like land in the 3D terrain as just a little human, and you can walk around for no reason. And it also yeah. is like the Chow you can Garden. Recover. You can recover. From yeah, that. you can recover, but like by then your score is so fucked, you just got to start over, really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can recover that way. But but really, it's an excuse to like jump around in bad early 3D and just enjoy 3D space in a game that's normally 2D. And then in Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, you just like lounge around the Chow Garden. Like there's the uh, oh, artificial yeah. life stuff in there where you're like raising a Chow, but like there's a lot of that like. I'm in a 3D space. Wow, there's like the dark Chow Garden has a lake and there's a secret cave <laughs> like on the other side of the lake. You know, like just still novel to be in 3D. Nintendo doesn't really have that it, energy a lot of the time. Here, here, here's the and, thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. That that isn't just, hey, 3D's new because a lot of that energy still exists in Balan Wonderworld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe it's just like a Yuji Naka thing. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's got it is way more simplified than the Chow. It's got an E Life thing too. This is a different cast. Moving back to <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to Hinge Problems. <laughs> <laughs> you should listen to the Hinge Problems episode on Balan Wonderworld. You think you know how weird that game is? You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I listened yeah, to that one. That was a good episode. I need to go and listen to that. I'm, and you should I'm, also listen to the War Movie episodes, but I'll cover that in the plug. Um, yes. The other, th the thing I'd like to like to draw attention to is uh, the Super Nintendo Mouse was actually pretty widely supported. Oh yeah, that's a good. Okay, I I want to. God damn it! I wanted to mention something else real quick. Let's, we'll talk about the Super Nintendo Mouse because there's a bunch of shit that uses that. Um, one other thing that I because I was playing around with the 64 disk drive uh there were only like 10 games released for it one of them was sim city 64 which i had no Whoa. idea existed yeah me neither um the problem with all <laughs> of course you did <laughs> you have a you have a big background in all of this stuff the more bizarre it is the more likely i think you know about it which is great um but it had a, a walk around mode. You could walk around in your city and see the cars and the pedestrians and you could talk oh, to them man. and they, they would all tell you how much they love cops, which was weird. <laughs> That's like streets of Sim city. That was like a yes. PC game where you could do that. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. That was my first thought with streets of Sim city, which by the way has a killer soundtrack. It has like two hours there... of, of music. <laughs> Ooh, I know what I'm listening to you tonight. I never actually yeah. played that. You can't walk around it, but you can see like the individual wants and needs of individual Sims in uh, the kids version of Sim city, Sim town, which blows. That oh, I yeah. blows. It did blow. I got that from the public library and it blew chunks. I owned it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I played that for I think I got it from the public library and hated it. I think I also played that. <laughs> Hell yeah, public library video games. I also Hell played yeah. one where uh I don't remember what the game was. The only thing I remember was that it has simulated kudzu growth and Oh the... yes, uh God, what is that called? It's like Sim Savannah or something. That's where I yeah, learned maybe. about kudzu. Yeah, the kudzu like went everywhere and I couldn't control it. <laughs> I still want to talk about Super Nintendo Mouse, but this is providing an excellent segue to something. So, when we were trying to do research in this, we heard speculate, we saw a video that speculated, oh, this is because Nintendo was trying to look good for parents. 
But I call bullshit on that. That's because the, 1991 was exactly when edutainment software started to ha- be a market thing, right? Yeah, that like, I the, so the 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 video we're talking about. If you want to watch it, it's 45 minutes. I don't. Let's not start a fight with them. Uh, I, I don't want to start a fight. Yeah, you're right. But no, they they the the premise of that is that Nintendo was against the wall and needed to produce some sort of edutainment, but they'd been doing that on the NES. They did it after with other Mario stuff. This feels like part of that whole wave of stuff, you know? And Um, while like edutainment games had not necessarily been huge sellers, a little game called Carmen San Diego had had happened in, I want to say 1989, if not 1989, 1990. And really changed the script on educational software. Carmen Sandiego sold over 2 million copies by 1993. Wow. Yeah. Like, that was big, that was big numbers. I mean, it was selling a lot to schools, of course, but that was still, that's still big numbers. Like, not every school even had a computer lab at that point. And it was selling to regular people. And they made a bunch of Carmen Sandiego games. And I remember might... those. Yeah, I remember playing one in mm-hmm. uh, gifted class in elementary <laughs> school. Yeah. I don't think Nintendo necessarily took inspiration from Kid Picks, although I'm not sure we can totally rule it out. But Kid Picks happened in 89, too. Um, yeah. Like, there was something in the air. Like, this is a thing where this was a market category, and Nintendo's done this a few times, where they correctly surmised that there was a market trend that was outside of the norm for video games that they jumped on. Yeah. Like I don't think, but I also don't think this was even that outside of the norm. Like at least for Nintendo, they, they've, they're always experimenting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Stuff, like, you know, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes Nintendo uses the same gimmick twice. I mean, the virtual boy and the 3ds both, both yeah. happen. Like if well, it doesn't work yeah. once, you can bring it back. Well, and the Famicom was explicitly, kind of this halfway yeah, yeah. point between computers and consoles, which is sort of what Mario Paint is painted as. Um, and, they and toyed so, yeah. with that in, for the American market, too. Like, l- making it even more of a computer. Like, the yeah. the NES was supposed to, like, one of their first pitch was, hey, it's got a big keyboard, you can use this as an 8-bit computer. What do you mean this is... That would have worked in the UK, but uh, yeah. not, not in America. Yeah, I think that there were like a lot of kind of half-hearted attempts by Nintendo to like, so, you know, there was like the console market, video game market, and then there was like the personal computer market. And at the time of like the Famicom and the Super Famicom, I think like, you know, the personal computer didn't have as widespread market share as it does today. You know, it it was still like on the upswing. There were still a lot of families that didn't have one. And I think uh, there were a lot of half-hearted attempts by Nintendo to like, put like utilities like this on their consoles to be like hey if you don't have a personal you know if you're thinking about getting a console or a personal computer get a console because we can do some of that stuff they're too they're cheaper it's cheaper yeah they're too. cheaper yeah, and we can do cheaper. some computer stuff yeah yeah it's yeah i don't know it's just i i think that oh my gosh sorry i'm getting distracted um yeah i i the general premise that this was some sort of like 
you know, necessary thing to combat how parents saw video games as evil is one, a very American centric point of view. And two, just seems yeah. totally unsupported. Because that was by... not the case in Japan. <laughs> yes. It, it's just totally unsupported by history. So it's, it's very, very silly. Um, so I totally don't believe that. Um, I do want to talk about the, uh, the Super Nintendo mouse. Yes. Because this is very funny to me. There, I think I counted five, five games that we have played on this podcast supported the Super Nintendo yeah. mouse. <laughs> so that would be uh, Lord of the Rings, volume one. Um, let's see what else is in here. Oh, deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. Matoko chan No Wonder Kitchen supported the mouse. Still the best game we've played. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sim Ant supported the mouse. That's three. Trottlers is four and wonder project J is five. Those that they, those all supported the mouse and we didn't even talk about it because it also, that they also is supported absurd. controllers. Wonder yeah, it is kind of, J would have been way better with the mouse. Yeah. If you could emulate the goddamn thing. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so yeah, like this it is, is, this whole conversation is, has completely convinced me that it would be worth it to buy a SNES mouse. I think for for you it certainly would. There are, if I did my math right, sixty nine games that support the Super Nintendo mouse listed on Wikipedia. That is ridiculous. That is way more than I would have thought. Yeah. yeah. Also, there was a Super Nintendo port of Revolution X. What the fuck? I don't even know. What the, oh shit! There's six because y'all did Snoopy concert, right? So, yeah, Snoopy concert. Oh, yeah, Snoopy concert was a mouse game. That's right, and also a surprisingly good game. Yeah. So, yeah, six games that have been covered on this. Like, this is just wild. Um, my favorite mouse game would probably be Mario Paint, but I've had picked another Mario and Wario is a great game. It's like, what if you had one lemming and it was Mario? Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, the, the, the one that's funny is that I knew this, uh, the Super Game Boy supports the mouse, uh, because it has an option for, like, you can, change a lot of options on there and you can use the mouse to do it in fact the second player can use the mouse to do it and you can there's one option that lets you literally draw on the screen uh, like where the player is playing and uh we would do that as a kid my my sister would take the mouse and i take the controller and she would like fuck with me <laughs> while i played games so it was a little game we did and she would use the mouse so yeah like very v- relatively widespread piece of hardware there's so many games on here that I just don't hear people talk about at all that did have U.S. releases, too. Like, um, there were a couple real-time strategy games for Super Nintendo, somehow. Yeah. Well, King Arthur's World is sort of a real-time strategy game. Like, what if, what if Lemmings was a real-time strategy game? Um, that's a great game, and that, that would be amazing with the mouse. Yeah, like, Might and Magic 3 had a Super Nintendo game? What the <laughs> Apparently, Nobunaga's ambition—that makes sense. That's yeah. not weird. That one makes perfect sense. Also, that does kind of make me wonder if this is one of those lists, like I found a lot of times, which is incomplete because I think there were several Nobunaga's ambition on Super oh, Nintendo. Oh, yeah. And, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is incomplete. Uh, and but I, yeah, and I'm just finding out about a game that was never released called Kid Kirby. So that's fun. Uh, you know what's uh, missing on here, though, is uh, 
Pac-Man 2. I'm amazed that that game didn't support the mouse. It should have. Unreleased, like, musical interactive game called Sound Fantasy based on an art installation? Whoa. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That sounds cool. Is this the same guy who did... uh... Yes, this is the same guy who did Sim Music. And and later, uh, that fucking DS game where the little... The little fish bounce Electroplankton. Yes. Yeah, so this was going to be a, a Super Nintendo game, and then it, that turned into Sim Music. I think that's what that was called. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I remember Sim Music. By the way, the game with the kudzu is called Sim Safari. It's not very good, but it has kudzu in it. <laughs> the kudzu is important. It left yes. a lasting impression. Me too. I'd like to talk about the strategy guide for Mario Paint, which is quite an interesting yes. document. Uh, yes. Yeah. So while I was in Florida visiting my parents post, uh, well, not the pandemic is still going, but post vaccination, at least I got to visit my parents, picked up this old strategy guide sitting in my uh, childhood bedroom closet for Mario Paint. And uh, it's wild. It has some really, some really wild stuff. Uh, so First off, it opens by situating Mario Paint within art history <laughs> um, <laughs> as the next step uh, after painting, music, animation. The next step is Mario Paint. That's the new <laughs> medium. Uh, Mario Paint is the inheritor of... Uh... Yeah, well, actually... It... Okay, so they their art history crash course here, uh, painting... 1900 to 1940 they talk about (laughs) that's when painting was big okay i guess Mm -hmm. they must be focused on the 20th century but they actually show this is great they show you uh mario paint recreations of classic paintings uh modernist paintings so they do a uh, mario paint version of crying woman by pablo picasso they do a kandinsky painting a day a day chirico painting which surprised me and a Dali painting, and they're pretty faithful recreations. The Dechirico looks great. These are great. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at a PDF of these. This is who good. Nintendo was an, was such a big eco fan. Look at the little <laughs> boat in the Picasso. Uh, <laughs> they use the boat stamp. Did you get stamp. that joke? Please Google eco your original box art in Dechirico, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they put for the Picasso one is very funny. It's the painting had a, a, a boat in it, and they used the uh, built-in yeah, world boat stamp. The boat stamp. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's a good joke. So then they say uh, after painting from 1940 to 1960, animation was uh, the next art medium, and they straight up have Mario paint drawings of like copyrighted Disney characters. <laughs> <laughs> They've got Pinocchio, Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, and Sleeping Beauty. And these are the the Disney characters. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, these are not like safe versions. The, these did not have the serial numbers filed off. <laughs> yeah. So then oh they god. do 1960 to 1990 music and uh they have a bunch of Mario Paint recreations of uh album covers including Velvet Underground and Nico. <laughs> Uh, Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA, <laughs> John Lennon, Imagine, and Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion 2. <laughs> Why 2? Why, Why Use Your Illusion 2? There's also a little uh, Jimi Hendrix doing the Star Spangled Banner, which is fucking great. <laughs> and then, naturally, 1990, 
to XXXX. Paint is the inheritor of the history of 20th century art. And uh, yeah, get excited. Oh, yeah. oh, and the best part, it says, okay, so in each of these sections, they give you a rundown of like important dates in the history of that medium. And they have future dates for Mario Paint history. So the history of Mario Paint as a medium. 1992, Mario Paint introduced. 1993, Mario Paint Player's Guide. 1990 question mark, first Mario Paint exhibit, 2000 question mark, Mario Paint Institute opens. <laughs> I love it. The ambition. Yeah. This yeah. is very, this very uh, Pepsi logo redesign document energy to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> uh, so I, it's, oh, go ahead. I was oh. just going to say the unmatched 1990s enthusiasm for video games is just like nothing else. It is both like absolutely cringy and totally unassailably like, I don't know. It's just great. I love that like massive stupid energy. <laughs> yeah, it really has that. Um, it also continues with uh, the fast and loose copyright action as uh, the manual includes or the strategy guide includes a number of different like pixel art stamps that you can make yourself in Mario Paint for every Street Fighter 2 character, <laughs> a bunch of Mega Man characters, all four Ninja Turtles, characters from Super Ghouls and Ghosts, Battletoads, uh, Batman, Venom, Spider-Man, uh, C-3PO, R2-D2 etc. So that's fun. And then there's even uh, some m copyrighted music in here. There's a Star Wars theme song in here. God, that's great. Well, oh my god. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I just sent a picture of the uh, example they have for a loop is a uh, somebody pouring someone a glass of wine and then drinking it and then just getting another glass of wine. <laughs> which yeah, is pretty good. Still <laughs> is pretty funny. Yeah, they for kids. Also, uh, <laughs> the manual also does have this unbridled enthusiasm for like everything Mario Paint can do to like absurd levels, like things that I don't think anyone has ever actually done. Like, <laughs> uh, one of them is video letters. They suggest you can use Mario Paint to make video letters. So it says, <laughs> everyone likes to get things in the mail. Just think how impressed your friends and family will be with you when they receive their first Mario Paint video letters from you. So, let's see. Using Mario Paint and a VCR, you can really spice up the way that you communicate. Considering the fact that we live in the age of video media, video letters make perfect sense, and Mario Paint makes it all too easy. A video letter can be any length, can contain any message, and can be delivered to anyone who has a mailbox and access to a VCR. So... They explain to you with a diagram uh, how you can set up your Super Nintendo connected into your VCR, a video camera connected into your VCR, and all of that connected from the VCR to your CRT. And the idea is that you can use uh, camcorder footage that you've captured, and then you can place like intertitles uh, created with Mario Paint alongside your video footage and record it all onto a VHS tape which you can then mail to someone, which is amazing. I would love to see if anyone's actually done this. Like, I wonder, <laughs> I should do some YouTube searching. 
Uh, you are in for a treat, my friend. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> uh, I Wait a minute. Didn't I? See, I I had a thing that I didn't share with you because I thought if anyone knew about it, you would have known about it. Oh, this is a personal story. <laughs> no, no. I was going to say I have a collection of, I believe, actually, I think this was out of Olympia, Washington. Shout out to people who live in Olympia, Washington. Woo! We got some fans out in Olympia. We're talking to you. Yeah. That's right. You know who Rock I'm talking about. Olympia. That's great. Olympia. Olympia folks. Yeah. Rock on. Uh, don't have a have a good sip of that artesian well water. Uh, but um, I believe this was actually out of Olympia. At least it had Olympia in the name, and it sounds like the kind of bullshit they get up to in Olympia. Love it. Love the water. Love the pizza. Uh, love the people. Um, <laughs> so we have a collection of Olympian what <laughs> of uh, of Mario paint videos that they that I believe oh. they they collected as a collection. It might not be from Olympia, but I think it was. And it's all on YouTube. Uh, and I would have shared it, but I thought all of you knew about it. <laughs> so. I know. I, I, they, Very interesting. Um, yeah. No, that one of the people in that documentary makes video, like mo- like little movies using Mario Paint as like interstitials and like weird animated like dialogue scenes, which I thought was cool. Like they, they do a cool little... Yeah, they do cool things with the animation. So they'll like animate a little mouth flat with flapping lips, and then it'll sort of move around the character's face in a way that's very disconcerting and enjoyable. So, <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, I think people have used Mario Paint for like interesting things. So yeah, I I I, I will absolutely. I, I mean, I'll just tell tell you now my revelation involves a video letter with Mario Paint. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. I am looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, and also, as I said prior, my father, who's a fucked up human. Um, <laughs> so you I, I want to get in. We have a little segment here, which is uh, which which you came up with the idea for OSB, um, where you, you took all the songs from the Mario Paint Guide and actually made them, <laughs> recorded them and sent them to me <laughs> to play in the podcast and we're going to try and guess what these songs are because many of them are apparently copyright infringing I didn't know songs. this was a game show now. It's a game yeah, show now. I've designed a game show segment and this is not every song that's in the guide because the guide has like 60 songs in it. Oh god. But <laughs> they, they pretty much it like is a it's a they screenshot the uh musical notes and everything like the uh all of the notation for an entire song, you know, and then you can go and painstakingly recreate it in Mario Paint, which I did, and uh, recorded it in Audacity. So for just the most intriguing titles, I did that because some of these have the title that it actually is, right? Like I, there's a William Tell Overture in here that's labeled William Tell Overture, but there are a number of songs here that have generic titles where I don't know what they are. Some <laughs> of them... Once I made them, I knew what they were, but others, I still don't know what they are, and I'd like to know. So we'll see who can identify them, and if there are any that are just a mystery, or potentially original uh, compositions. Wonderful. Yeah, you sent me seven, one, two, three, yeah, seven songs, and I have set up a soundboard so that I can play them over the microphone. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
so so tigris you and me are, are the sort of contestants slash panel for this <laughs> i'm gonna lose and for each of these if you could read the file name that would be good because the file name is the title that uh the instruction manual okay. gave it okay. oh okay so you so you didn't come up with these or you, okay the yeah, only there's only one that i changed the title of and that was to make it less obvious and that is russian.mp3 Got it. Okay, perfect. Well, then, yeah, um, we ready to get started? Let's, let's blow this popsicle stand. Um, this first song is called Jumping Around. So let's play this. We'll see if this works. Distinctly sounds like something I've heard before, but I don't. It's wrong. I have a clue on this one, but I want to see if uh, you can figure it out first. Um, I God, I don't even know. It sounds okay. So, problem is, I'm primed for one of these. Um, <laughs> so you <laughs> met you. You mentioned to me that there's a plock drawing in here. And I am intimately familiar with the Plock soundtrack by Tim and Jeff Fallen. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. This sounds vaguely like a Plock song, but I, like I said, I'm primed. Otherwise, I don't recognize it. This is indeed from a page that has Plock art on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Plock song. song? But it's sped up. It the first part, the like do 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 that doesn't sound recognizable at all to me. But the do 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 that part is like a very sped up version of a plock song. Yeah. So in the manual, they give you like a screen. The screenshot includes the like tempo on the tempo meter, and I found that they weren't always accurate about what the tempo should be. A That's night, amazing. This is a night chord version of a plug song. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Not to be confused with a night court version of a plug song. I think that's Plock's house. Editor's note, it's Creepy Crag. I can't remember if Plock's house is the one that's in 5-4, though. It may not be Plock's house. It's not beach, and it's not the, uh, it's not acrylic. Anyway. <laughs> God, that was fun, though. What a weird... That's a weird experience. Um, it's weird that they featured... They gave Plock an entire page with pixel art and a song. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, Plock was the next big thing, you know? It was going to be the platformer that saved the Super Nintendo. Um, And then it killed platformers. It, well, I was going to say that Super Nintendo like actually won the, that console war. <laughs> I know, I'm just being a weirdo. Uh <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. So, you ready for the next one? Let's go. As I'll ever be. Alright, this is called Bonus. This is the bonus for the Mario World. Yeah, that's the bonus from Super Mario World. What, what if the that's bonus right. room from Mario World was filled with cats? Yeah, yeah. I kind of <laughs> like that version of it. 
<laughs> yeah, it's very cute. <laughs> Chaotic nice. as hell. I love it. Um, yeah, bonus from Super Mario World. Very nice. Except again, at a much higher speed. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, we solved that one. Let's uh, let's listen to Russian. I actually like this cover of it a lot. This actually, I I don't think we talked about it. The music maker has a limitation that there are no uh, flat or sharp notes. It is all... Uh, just right. I don't know what you call those regular major, whatever. Um, so that would be hard to do the Tetris theme Point song, is as, as we just heard. What's that? Notes. Cliff notes. That's not a thump. That isn't a real term. I'm just bullshitting. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Um, so that's Tetris. That wasn't too hard. I like that one. It sounds weird as hell, though. <laughs> yeah, we've been through most of the obvious ones now. Uh, there are a oh, few God. that like I can't identify and would love to, so we'll see. <laughs> okay, let's do face music. Okay, this is an obvious one. <laughs> I'm scared of face music, though. This is a version of this song. There you go. I know <laughs> this song, but I cannot place. I do. I but like I think I know it mostly through osmosis. Yeah, I don't know the name of this. It's a classical piece. I can't remember the name off the top of my head either. It might be What's from that? like. It's from the Nutcracker? No, I don't think no. so. Is it from Swan Lake? Oh, it might be Swan Lake. Yeah, that sounds right. God, yeah, music. I think that's from Swan Lake something. Music people are like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but I like that cover of it. It's got a real true Mario Paint energy. Oh, yeah. Again, very chaotic. Lots of pig noises, which I was very appreciative of. <laughs> so now we get into the real mystery songs. Yeah, next is moon music okay let me preface this i actually really like this and i don't know what it is and i really want to know oh god and if we can't identify it listeners write in please exploration on twitter please all right here's moon music sounds like a song from Link's Awakening but not quite mm. oh I can't place it that that's a jam though almost yeah it's like actually a, catchy it almost sounds like one of the Koholint Island themes interesting but it's not that one of the Co- like it's not it that kinda... it sounds very close to it that's very interesting is there any context beyond the name yeah let me find the page real quick with it I'm kind of looking it up here. Oh, they just have 
pretty boring names, don't they? Just names. Star Wars, Little Brown Jug, Blue Danube. <laughs> How bizarre. Okay, I found it. Uh, so the page it's on is Man on the Moon, and it's a page for, like, a painting. Uh, so they have, like, featured paintings that you can recreate. This one is of a NASA astronaut on the moon next to the moon lander. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. It doesn't... The song just says moon music. Weird. Wow. Yeah, I can't place that. That is a very odd little song, though. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, like, works and is a jam and kind of atmospheric. I'd love to know. Uh, it, maybe it's an original composition. Yeah, it could be an original composition that, you know, this is the first time it's being broadcast in a podcast, which is great. <laughs> wow. Another SNCC exclusive. Another SNCC exclusive. Another SNCC exclusive. We haven't had a SNCC exclusive in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're breaking new ground here. But if you can identify it, at me on Twitter, at exploration um all right well let's listen to the next one uh this is turtle jam (laughs) these are so fast i think (laughs) I think the thing about that one is the tempo is completely fucked. Yeah, I think that they really gave too high of a tempo for each of these. That one, I, that, that, that does sound like, I think that, I don't know what it's called, but I think that's another classical piece. Like, like, it's one of those classical music pieces that got used in like cheesy comedies a lot. Oh, Whatever. I can see that. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to remember. I don't know what it's called. There's all these musical pieces that were shorthand for jokes as a child that I learned were shorthand for jokes. But yeah, I never from cartoons. they were ever called. <laughs> so this one was actually on the page for Ninja Turtles art. And it's got, um, like, it lets you recreate a screen, basically a screen from one of the NES uh, Ninja Turtles games. So I was wondering if it was from one of those games, but it might just be a classical piece. It's a very odd song. I, yeah, oh my god, the tempo that they have listed for this is the maximum tempo. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I actually moderated it on some of these and brought it down a little because it was obviously too fast. That's bizarre. Yeah, I want to listen to that at like half tempo or, or slower. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one. That is a bizarre one. Um, I got nothing. I got no context. <laughs> uh yeah, let's let's try music in the air. What a wonderful title. This better be Phil Collins. <laughs> I have no idea. Sounds like a classical piece, but I can't place it. What the fuck? (laughs) These are so weird. Um, I got nothing. I got nothing on that one either. That's a bizarre one. Yeah, no clues from me either. Wow. Context? Or is it just music in the air? 
Uh, I'm trying to find it. That one might not have even been from a featured page. There's like a few that have a ton of pieces on them, and uh, it might have been from that. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, I'm trying well, to find it myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure. What a weird song. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these are really hard to identify. Like, that's that's very funny. Yeah, um, Mario Paint does really, like, change the sound of these pieces. <laughs> yeah, it really does. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so it's a C major scale. That's what we're working with here. Uh, anyway, um, well, I... It, yeah, I guess that's it for that one. You want to hear the last one here? Yeah, now, sure. let me preface this and say that I did fuck this one up a little bit <laughs> uh, when I was inputting it. Uh, this was the first one I did, so I was still figuring out how it all worked. And uh, I didn't put in the whole piece because I got the idea after a few bars, and I also messed up at least one note. But you'll you'll see what it is. Okay. This one's called Lemmings Can-Can. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, I, I accidentally left the tempo at the default slow tempo, but it's the can-can. Oh, yeah, it's the can-can. It's, yeah, it's on the Lemmings page as well. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Uh, well, that's fantastic. And yeah, I'm looking at this, uh, all of these different pieces of art, and it is incredibly infringing like oh here's a fucking zangief you know here's e honda <laughs> like holy shit <laughs> i like, found the context for music in the air it's on a page called ufo in the usa it's another featured painting and it's a painting of the uh statue of liberty uh looking up shocked at a ufo uh <laughs> it doesn't really give much of a clue as to the song i think yeah that really doesn't have anything to to do here unfortunately <laughs> what's the theme to like close encounters of the third kind i don't do, think it's do, that. do 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 yeah right, that would be it's, very it's different jumping, so it also it's it's the same thing he always does mm -hmm. <laughs> wow well there you go that's our our little feature that was amazing i i absolutely loved every second of that if anyone knows about the moon music uh Send a letter to P.O. Box 835. <laughs> Just send us a Twitter thing notification. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know what that song comes from. It's a good song. If you, Print if, it out. Put it in a mailbox. Send it. <laughs> send it to Mabimbam. Um, if you don't use Twitter, you can also email me at snexploration at gmail.com. Do you want to be the first email we've ever got? There's Second. still time. Second. Second. <laughs> Plus wow. a bunch of junk. I can't remember who wrote in the first time, but it was a long time. Do you want to be the second email we've ever got? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that was great, though. Thank you so much for putting those tunes together. Like, that was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad you, no you were able to do that. It took forever, but it was I worth can it. imagine. It's not an easy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I used the uh, web tool that you recommended, the one that was the most uh, accurate to the sound of the game, was the one I used in browser. 
Yeah, that one's easier than trying to do it in actual Mario Paint. That would have taken two forevers. But yeah. the browser one's not that much easier either. <laughs> so. Yeah, you still have to click every individual note and everything. But yep, it was worth it. It was kind of a fun thing to zone out to. Yeah, sometimes it's fun to just transcribe something, right? As long as it's not my job, I'm all right doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun to hear the song at the end, you know, because it's like I have no idea what I'm actually like putting together until I hear it at the end. Right, exactly, which is kind of cool, too. It's kind of like those uh, magazines that used to have games that you would have to type out, and it's like, I don't know what this is going to look like until I finish it. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm trying... God, I did a bunch of research into various things, but honestly, the biggest thing I came away with is that Mario Paint never got an official sequel, but its DNA lives on in, in most of Nintendo's creation tools that have come out later um it you know mario maker is the most obvious example um with the undo dog sitting right there at all times the playful way of creating something but WarioWare diy is a really great sort of like that is i think the most direct sequel that is accessible to people outside of japan it's got paint tools music tools animation tools and at the end of the day you can turn it all into a game which is what i always wanted to do with mario paint anyway um so it's a great that's a wonderful game except that you can't export it to any usable format but whatever it's fine uh (laughs) but yeah i don't really know that i have much else in the in the sort of research department in the investigation station Uh, here but what uh, do you got in mario paint 2 a lot of the a lot of the stuff like the undo dog and the robot and the eraser are all characters that you can talk with. Yeah, oh, and, and Mario, Mario Maker 2. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I loved that. Like, yeah, there's the, the single-player campaign. There's, like, kind of a, uh overworld kind of thing. You can walk around and talk to people, do little side quests. And, yeah, a bunch of Mario Paint UI elements are characters, and it's great. Fi- finally, we can find out what on what's on Undo Dog's mind. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. loved every second of it. No, it's wonderful. Like the undo dog causes a whole catastrophe. The eraser sort of is like an assassin, I think. Like cool shit. Um, yeah, that's that's you know Mario Paint sort of lives on in these various Nintendo properties. I'd be interested in how much the like what's the cardboard shit they made the Labo thing. Um, I want to know how much Mario Paint DNA lives in that, but I haven't gotten my hands on it, and I don't oh, care yeah. to because it's for children. <laughs> There's a new uh, they, Nintendo just There's released like other a Nintendo games, yeah, which are <laughs> very much for adults, like Metroid. Um, yeah, what we Game just Maker had a, Studio, right? Yeah, or Game Maker Studio just came out. I wonder if there's Mario Paint references in that. There very well could be. I would, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's not Game Maker Studio. What is it called? Fuck, it's something like that. I'm Googling Game Game Builder Garage. There we go. Game Builder Garage, um, which, yeah, I haven't really looked into that much because at this point in my life, I'm sort of well, over maker tools that I can't I don't export think it's anything. come but... out yet. No, it came out like three days ago. What? Yeah, really, really recently. <laughs> but yeah, it's got the same problem that all of these have, which is like, I kind of want to take them on the road and I actually can do that on with a lot of software I have on PC. So I don't. Yeah, I wonder if you can export stuff out of this software. Probably not. I'm sure not. you can share it with your friends, but 
No, it's Nintendo. I'm not sure. Yeah, like you probably can't yeah. like get it on your computer as its own like self-contained executable or anything. Oh, I like just that. meant like you could use your friend code to unlock a level code to unlock a palette code. Yeah, that's the that, best we can hope for. That would have, it, a, it... That would have a cryptogram that you could decode <laughs> into an, a set of instructions for copying the level. Yeah, step, step by step, and that's. It's, it's... What... It's almost that bad. As far as I can tell, I, I was sort of reading about it. There are no sharing tools. You get a code and you have to input the code to get the game. There's unlike Mario Maker where you can do real discovery. That's what I understood. But I could be wrong because I haven't done it myself. and I haven't looked that much into it because I'm not that interested. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I feel I, I would not be surprised if there's quite a bit of Mario Paint DNA in, in uh, Game Builder Garage. So. So here's an interesting thought is uh, with Mario Paint, you couldn't like easily export your creations just because of the limitations of the technology at the time. I mean, I guess technically they could have figured out a way for you to transfer I mean, your stuff to a PC, but like it probably would have been difficult. I mean, even with the VHS method, it's still more exportable than some of the new things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I'm thinking that right now it would be easier than ever to be able to say like, you know, with Game Builder Garage, you can, uh, you know, plug in a flash drive to your Nintendo Switch or put it on your micro SD card or whatever and just export it, bring it to your PC as an executable. Bam, you've got it preserved and it's not tied to that ecosystem. But of course, it's doable, but Nintendo's not going to do it, you know, so. No. You know, well, they're so concerned about their they're so concerned about their little walled garden because yeah. they've had so many like piracy issues in the past where it's like you No, just... if there weren't any piracy issues, Nintendo would still do it. Oh yeah, yeah I believe I that. <laughs> but no, it's it's uh it's it's very yeah, it's very frustrating. Like as a a super as the only official Super Nintendo podcast, um I can say that Nintendo does kind of suck shit. They kind of <laughs> suck. Yeah, it's true. I say this yeah. as the person who's like who's the defender of Nintendo's actual games. Oh, I yeah. love their games. I am but too. But yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They do some really, really shady shit. And they're a big company, you know. God, they're going to do shitty that shit. Nintendo endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I already got it. It's sealed, signed, sealed, and delivered straight to my house. Um, we're the only official Super Nintendo podcast. We've got um, a seal of approval. Yes, a little gold stamp that says "Official Podcast." Don't pirate us. Yeah, um, I've got it on my shirt right now. The little gold <laughs> sticker. <laughs> I, I have it oh, indelibly marked on of... my forehead. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Nintendo Nintendo... seal of approval is on my yeah. uh, shirt right now. If you you have our <laughs> podcast on your phone, you can put that sticker on your phone and make your phone uh, Nintendo <laughs> approval uh, have uh, the Nintendo seal of quality, just like color a dinosaur did. <laughs> oh um one other explicit connection i wanted to mention was the uh, mario artist uh polygon studio has where you can make your own episodes of monster factory on nintendo 64 <laughs> it i couldn't understand that interface at all making 3d art is so much more complicated and since it's in J japanese only and there's no manual in english like it was a nightmare to try and figure it out but there is uh, WarioWare. WarioWare is in that game. The first, like, there's like 10 micro games in that, and it's literally the same 
thing where you play, I think it's like five games and they get a little faster and then they slow down, but they get harder. You know, like it's the same exact thing. It's WarioWare. And they took those games and they put them into WarioWare. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's weird. Like it's not even kind of like WarioWare. It literally is WarioWare. It is WarioWare. The frame frame is WarioWare. Some of the graphics they reused in mm-hmm. WarioWare. Like it is WarioWare. This is this is non-metaphorical. We are saying literally in the literal sense. We are not being hyper- yes. hyperbolic. Yeah, they they took that out of Mario Artists Polygon Studio and they put it on the Game Boy Advance and then built 300 more micro like, games around like it. Like 6 years later. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, that's a really interesting connection and it strengthens that Mario paint to work because I do feel like WarioWare is very much shares some of the same aesthetic. Editor's note, had some connection issues here, but basically we're talking about R&D1, who, if you remember, made Mario Paint and WarioWare, etc. Um, this, this voice recording is actually much longer than the part that was cut out, so I'm going to stop it now. So I bet where are they now? <laughs> Why don't you tell them? have not actually officially made a game since Zero, Metroid Zero Mission. Yeah, they're Bummer. just basically gone. Yeah. I think all, all the people, like, well, not all of them, but, like, a decent chunk of the same people work at Nintendo, so. Yeah. And and the, the legacy has carried on, like, accidentally through the more odd games that Nintendo produces. But, yeah, for the most part, that seems kind of kind of dead. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. What is there anything? Maybe Mercury Steam can make a new WarioWare game. <laughs> uh, the new WarioWare game coming out on the Switch looks uh, vaguely dire, like all the modern WarioWare games have, but it has co op, so I'm into it. <laughs> I'm going to play it. We'll see. It could be yep. good. I don't know. It doesn't look quite as original as the uh, earlier ones, but maybe it'll be good. It doesn't look quite as quite as crunchy, which is always what I liked about WarioWare. Is it was sort yeah. of an ugly, loud, farty kind of game. Like being True. able to play Ashley is pretty cool, but yeah, but yeah, I'm just not so. I don't know. Whatever, it's fine. We'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I don't know anything else in in this, or should we move on to Revelation? I guess just Revelation. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like I could riff on how this game does seem to have had something of a wide impact. There were a number of other creative games on the Super Nintendo. Uh, Like, there was a Looney Tunes sort of Mario Paint. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was something that claims to be some... that has paint in the name that's an Alice in Wonderland game, but that doesn't actually seem to have any painting in it at all. Or if it does, it's a minor element of it, and it's mostly mini-games. That only came out in Japan. But like, yeah, this this did do sort of a this this did set off a kind of minor thing. I mean, they got an RPG maker on Super Nintendo, and I can't imagine that would have happened without Mario Paint. There's also a game called Fun in Games that came out for Super Nintendo and Genesis that has a paint mode in it. And it's there's, good. <laughs> there's also Wacky Worlds Creativity Studio, which I also learned about today, which is a, a Sonic themed music and paint uh painting tool that and, uses the sega genesis mouse and <laughs> let's not forget the let's I, although i highly doubt this is a direct connection but but uh, sega also experimented with that a little bit on the sega pico which might be the weirdest form factor console ever made. Yeah, that thing had like a basically a tablet that you could draw on. And shit, it was right? a tablet. It had a tablet controller, and every cartridge was a plastic book with different like stickers on it. That was a page, 
and you would change the screen of the game by turning the page. Wild. And there were two Pokemon games. There were two Pokemon games on it. Oh my god, this sounds like the exact that kind of shit I would have loved as a kid, you know? Like that physicality is Yeah, I played around with one (laughs) at Media Play, which is the only place anyone in America ever played them. (laughs) But uh hey kids, if you know what media play is, you're not a kid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, You're old now. That yeah. thing went corrupt when I was nine, I think. Probably eight. <laughs> maybe seven. I rem- and I actually am not that age anymore, <laughs> and neither you. We all are returning to the void sooner rather than later. One step at a time, uh, maybe. I'm turning into nothing. One, one st- <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, um... Uh, Ask hey kids if you want to know what media play is. Ask your parents; they're my age. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine how bad like seventy-five-year-old gamers oh, are going to be? Fucking intolerable, Jesus! <laughs> if anything, if I've learned anything from the past ten years, is that parents were right about video games. They've ruined countless people <laughs> and possibly society as a whole. There's yeah, just they would be, have... like, grandparents like telling their kids like an in-depth like recap of the story of Mass Effect 2. Oh fuck. Oh god. I'm in physical pain. <laughs> oh Jesus. All right. <laughs> I think we've come to the conclusion of now. I think we've come to the conclusion of both investigation and maybe by interest in video games. <laughs> uh, you're never going to kill it, uh, baby. Oh, no, I know. It keeps coming back. It's a no, weird I mean, for me, it can, kill you, it, kill you, it can kill your interest, God, whatever. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> this is just going to get funnier if we keep doing this and you hate video games. Oh, we'll yeah. Get, we'll really get, we'll really get some, some great shit going. Mm-hmm. And then we can... Uh, kind of edge in on some other podcast space of talking about video games you don't care about. Uh, (laughs) So I think it's time to move on to our final. uh, I was trying to say something about like a funeral, whatever it's revelation. Now it's revelation. funeral for the planet because the events of the book of revelation are occurring and it's the apocalypse soon (laughs) there will be a new heaven and a new earth earth and the old will be cast into the fiery flames can i just say that i didn't get book of mega drive being a joke for like a year and then the day that i got it i was like oh my fucking god (laughs) (laughs) that is so funny (laughs) it's technically Dead people, I just have focused on other creative projects. <laughs> yeah, it's coming at some point. Um, yeah, so Revelation is where we kind of give our little, like, you know, I give everyone time to soliloquize on what this game may or may not mean to them or what they learned or whatever the fuck, whatever you want to say. Um, 
do either of you volunteer to go first? Because I'm happy to go first. Oh, fast. Okay, hit me. Uh, it's a nice paint program. <laughs> oh, I agree. <laughs> you have to rate it um, uh, seven uh, undue dogs out of seven. Uh, out of okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, t- t- I mean, I can't really expand upon it that much because I've used paint programs like this. I use kid picks extensively. It's not the same thing, but it's a very similar thing. This is a fun paint program. I have absolutely nothing negative to say about it. I get it. I get why it's big. I don't have any cynical take on it because I don't think there can be one. I think it's very good for what it is. And I think it was in the right place at the right time and did the right stuff. Uh, if you it you can you can record video from it now and it'll last longer than uh then probably most of the levels in Mario Maker are going to last cuz all that flash media is going to die first um yeah uh i guess i'm giving it 6 undogs one you know give it some room for improvement cuz i want to encourage like a growth mindset <laughs> uh but i don't know it's it's fine i i mean i i didn't go too deep with my own creativity in it but like i mean this is probably why homestar runner exists and as much as everyone hates hates that i bring up homestar runner all the time uh i i gotta say that 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 like that's a that's a big part of my childhood so yeah uh, and MS Paint kind of feels like a precursor to some of that. I was going to go on a whole thing about how Emmett, not MS Paint, oh, Mario Paint feels like kind of a proto, like an early run for like Flash, and how I bet a lot of, and how a lot of Flash stuff feels like an evolution of, out of Mario Paint. And I, I could have, see that. I have yeah. very little academic em- evidence of that other than that's what happened with Homestar Runner, kind of. But it feels like it's got a very similar vibe, like, Especially the early stuff where it's much more doodlier and sketchier and kind of using a limited tool to produce particular things. Um, but I don't have any, you know, academic evidence that it's just neat. It's neat. It's a neat I little thing. I just think it's Six. neat. I just think it's neat. Yeah, I'm Marge here. I just think it's neat. I didn't play it that much, but it was like, oh, yeah, I get it. You could do cool stuff. I'm sure people are doing cool stuff with it. To this day, I'm sure they are. Yeah. And they and oh fuck! I completely forgot about the Mario Paint composer that is on PC. I have one thing to say about it. <laughs> well, I'll give it's it's Mario. We basically, Paint. didn't have gun, so it's it's cool. Yeah, the Mario Paint composer on PC is a fairly complex program that allows you to compose in the style of Mario Paint, but gives you like a much taller it gives you more notes it gives you more instruments it lets you do sharps and flats it gives you longer songs and in some ways is also bizarrely has the same limitations like you only have you know 18 instruments you have to really manually replace them if you want anything new the tempo's pretty slow and you can't place more than quarter notes or maybe eighth notes i'm not i'm not good with musical terminology um and uh, it's only so long. You actually have to string together multiple songs using built-in tools rather than just extending how long a song could be. You have to make multiple songs and smash them together. But the real thing that is important about Mario Paint Composer is that the de- default tempo is 400 <laughs> beats per minute. 
<laughs> which is only done because, again, you can only do in four, quarter or eighth notes. And it is known in the community as Dick Speed. You heard me. <laughs> it's called Dick Speed, officially. <laughs> so I really wanted to say Dick Speed a few times. That's all I had on that. <laughs> it's a fascinating little community. There's a Discord. There's a bunch of YouTube videos. They cover a lot of songs. They make, you know, I don't want to, like, be disparaging. I find it totally baffling why you would use that tool when there's equally easy stuff like beepbox but if you like it you like it if you're familiar with it then go for it i i love that people do weird shit but dick speed really <laughs> what's faster than a dick Nothing. i suppose limitations do breed creativity maybe that's why people do it or maybe I just because it's meme -y. I, I, it, it feels a bit of both. It's a little meme -y. You can get views on YouTube by, quote-unquote, making a song in Mario Paint, even though it's not really Mario Paint. Um, and yeah, you know, it's fun. It's interesting. Um, I figure I'll go next, and I'll give you the last word. Does that sound good? Sure. Cool. So we had Mario Paint when I was a kid. Um, I played it a lot. My dad did a, played it a lot, though. He really liked the idea of animating stuff, especially. And he was, you know, sort of a hobbyist musician, so he liked making little tunes and that. Um, and one day, all completely independently of the Mario Paint Guide, because we didn't have it, he got the idea that he could record little animations and songs to VHS, and then he could record tape, like record from a camcorder as well, making that literal video letter that you described. Um, wow. in, yeah. In that exact way with interludes, like, you know, not just a, an intro, but like little interludes and things like that. So he decided to, he was going to record a letter to his brother um, that involved an animation. <laughs> I don't even know how to get into this. My dad is kind of a huge piece of shit and he can't do anything without interjecting something crass. Um, the crass thing in this was he thought it would be funny to joke about abusing his children. <laughs> oh, no. And he did like, I can say a lot of things about my dad, but he never did anything like that. He was not abusive, especially physically. So that's why he thought it was funny, I guess. So he made like this weird animation of like a fist punching someone in the face and blood going everywhere. It was like floating around the screen. And then it would get cut. And it was this weird little song. And then it cut to him like sitting in a chair and he was like kind of dictating a letter to his brother. But in between he was doing this bit where he would like demand things of us, his children. And we would run on the screen and give him things. Like I think at one point I remember running, in and giving him like a plastic cup full of water but he like was playing as if it was vodka and just this weird joke that's not funny and i'm pretty sure his brother wouldn't get it either <laughs> so that's what i think of when i think of mario paint that's literally the first thing i think of is my dad pretending to be abusive weird fucking shit so uh, it is a tool of infinite use um, you should go watch the video that uh, I made, which does involve blood um, <laughs> and and a meme. Um, it's in the description and you can, you know, you, you can get a sense of how this tool can be put to use in both good and terrible ways. <laughs> I give this game uh, six out of seven undo dogs as well, because I will never forget my dad being a just absolutely bizarre piece of shit. And... <laughs> My dad did not get a reply to that particular letter. 
<laughs> you're saying your dad, your uncle did not go out and buy Mario paint and make a response letter with his kids. I'm pretty sure he never addressed it at all. Let's <laughs> just pretend it didn't happen. Kind of, yeah. Which is which sums up their relationship. Um, so yeah, six out of seven undo dogs. Thanks for letting me tell my story. I want to, man, I'm an uncle now as of a year ago. And I, oh, well, congratulations. Almost, almost two years now. Uh, thank you. I would love to be the Mario Paint uncle. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I should become a Mario Paint uncle. This Send black a box is called a VHS tape. <laughs> Wait, a DVD would be... This is called a DVD. You might have heard that we used to use Blu-rays back in the day. This is like <laughs> that, but worse. <laughs> also, yeah. when you get older, you get sort of an old-timey Western-Southern kind of accent. I uh, say. <laughs> it's an aging thing. It's like how cheese gets sharper if you age it more. This is like the, sh- this is the sharpness of a human being. It's how much they sound like a prospector. <laughs> All right, hit hit me with your revelations. All right, let's see. My take on Mario Paint, where do I begin? Uh, Well, I think, like, the most important thing to me about Mario Paint is that it creates an entire, like, atmosphere around it. Like, as you're playing the game, like, yeah, something about the silly UI, all the Easter eggs, the great music, like, the the graphics, the built-in fun stamps and stuff. It all gives you this very welcoming, inviting atmosphere and this sense of fun and sense of play where it replicates really well uh, the feeling of like getting into a creative flow state with a project that you're just having a blast with, you know? Like the whole thing is oriented around making you excited to create and like fostering like a sense of fun in your creation, which is really significant. I think it's a really impressive achievement. And uh, for that reason, I give it seven out of seven undo dogs. Perfect. A perfect score. So this game gets a 6.66 on the snack exploration scale. <laughs> this is one game I would not undo. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um so there you go that's your mario paint podcast um wait do we have any bottom line reviews oh god i forgot bottom line bottom line reviews in a a yeah yeah it's been a while since you've been on hasn't it yeah i'm the one who always makes people do it i guess (laughs) i love it no it's great uh mario paint is a summer day (laughs) inside i guess (laughs) i mean that's pretty accurate Mario Paint is is a much slow is a much harder is a much slower to distribute copy of Flash. <laughs> Mario Paint is a colored pencil, one of those colored pencils that has six different like colors in the uh, pencil at once. If you know what I'm talking about, I know exactly what you're talking about, and you would pop them out from the bottom and then you could push them into the top and get the next color. Oh, those are good. But I'm talking about the ones that it's like the lead in the pencil is like, or is it lead? Do you say lead or lead? The lead in the pencil is, uh, yeah, it's like rainbow tie dye, like six different colors. And when you write with it, it's like a colored pencil. When you write with it, it's like streaks of different colors. I'm just going to tell you something that sounds in my head, just like something you would totally find in Florida to me. 
Have you, you both have never seen this before? No, I, mean, I have seen it. I kind of think I have. It. I just... It's, yeah. yeah. They, it does feel Floridian, doesn't it? They, uh, <laughs> the, uh, they, they failed to regulate the colored pencil industry. <laughs> they deregulated it, and now all the colored pencils are allowed to have uh, toxic combinations of uh, contrasting colors. Little did you know, the only reason colored pencils are, are not like that everywhere, yes, is the regulation. They have very, <laughs> very tight regulations on it in the Pacific Northwest. Well, <laughs> if you put the red and yellow dyes in the same lead, it can possibly create a toxic fume. So, you know, <laughs> but that's okay in Florida. It's all toxic fumes. I mean, that explains um, a lot of Florida. <laughs> uh Mario Paint is one of those toy guitars that's never quite tuned like how you like it to and you can tremendously annoy your parents with it but later in your life you point to it as the most fun you've ever had making music. <laughs> Mario Paint is a cross-eyed dog drinking coffee. <laughs> Mario Paint is I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I think I've I've exhausted mine as well. Beautiful. Well, th- thank you for bringing back the bottom line. That's good. I do like those. Usually, I cut I, I cut some sections for time, but we're right on time, honestly, which is great. Excellent. It's about two hours, you know. So, <laughs> but yeah, all right. So that is it for this podcast. So it's time for a little bit of self promotion. Hey, everyone. Hey, you two, where could people find you if they want more of you and whatever you want to promote? It's it's completely up to you. Uh, I'm on the select button dot net forums, which are the best of uh, just the best forums online right now, period. So go check it out. Also, I made a, a documentary series for Means TV. It's called Preserving Worlds, and it's about um, it's about communities. It's about how do I even sum this up? It's like aged online games or games that allow you to create things in them like ZZT or actually Mario Paint is kind of close to that, but we didn't cover that. But it's about like player communities and games that have existed for a really long time and are no longer profitable, but still hang on. And it's also about game preservation. So check it out. It's free. Uh, It's on YouTube. It's also on Means TV, which is at means.tv, which is a cool worker owned uh, leftist uh, video streaming platform. Uh, yeah, Preserving Worlds. Check it out. Yeah, and if you like Preserving Worlds, I promise you'll like SelectButton.net. And if you're on SelectButton.net and haven't watched Preserving Worlds for some reason, you should definitely be doing that. You should super <laughs> watch it. It's, a, it's excellent. It's really excellent. Thank you. All right, oh, Tigers hit. Oh, right, right. I take a turn. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, I'm Tigress. You can find me on the select button forums as Automatic Tiger. You can find me on Twitter at Automatic Tiger. Once upon a time, I did a podcast called uh, Book of Mega Drive on this feed. Someday I'll do it, but it's definitely on a when I feel like a schedule. And lately I've been sort of, you know, thinking and prioritizing and it'll, it'll it might come back someday. Uh, but, you know, I'm still here. But if you want to hear more of what I'm doing... um actually edit that out. I want to keep it mysterious about whether it's coming back or not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've done book of mega drive on this podcast feed, which is at, on a very irregular schedule. Uh, don't expect anything anytime soon, but don't necessarily not expect stuff. Uh, but if you want to hear me podcasting more stuff over on our podcast called hinge problems, 
which until recently was just our good, good friends of the podcast, Rudy and Bougie, talking about video games and talking about and talking about where you could like how good uh, a cave STG port was, which is very good. But what apparent? But like, like if you've been thinking, I love this podcast, but I want it to be about a subject that people who aren't into video games can talk about too. Uh, you should listen to that podcast because we're doing something called Hinge Problems War Movies, which is a war movie podcast where we talk about war movies. This was Rudy's idea. That's the theme. And we've talked about, I think we're up to episode five or six of that now. And and yeah. uh, we talk about everything. You might think, hey, a war movie. I don't want to just hear movies about some 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 chuds. Shoot, yeah. shooting people and the thing is we talk about so much more than that because the war movie genre is extremely wide and we're very permissive we did a movie about penguins with ptsd you're the podcast that taught me that hot shots part two was actually a sequel and not just a joke title <laughs> yeah and uh it that's also the podcast that through doing it i found out that i hate the movie hot shots mm-hmm um, if you want to hear me have a breakdown about that movie, you can you can listen to the Hot Shots episode. And if you want to hear me talk about a movie I really like, you can listen to the Penguin PTSD episode, also known as Penguin's Memory. And also, you should just listen to all of it, because it's really, really good, and we have Shrug on it. You know how good Shrug is with history? Oh, yeah. Shrug's a delight as a human being and a historian. So. And Shrug <laughs> knows all this crazy shit and, and talks about it. And Rudy's like has extremely specific knowledge about planes <laughs> and stuff. And it's good. It's great. It, and I know things sometimes, too. And Chris knows things sometimes. And we all know things sometimes. And we all work together to talk about cool war movies. You really should listen to it, even if you don't think you like to. We're, the next one we're doing is Alexander Nevsky, which is... <laughs> Which, yeah, which is a movie by Sergei Eisenstein. He invented editing, so you know it's got to be good. (laughs) Yeah, you should go listen to War Movies. Um, uh, Hinge Problems. Look up Hinge Problems. Hinge Problems. Um, Listen to Hinge Problems. Just look up Hinge Problems. Um, And I have been Kania, Vassal Kania. You can find me on Twitter at It's Kania. Uh, I'm also on the select button at forums. I also run a podcast called pulse wave, which is game boy music. Uh, it's honestly, I think a great podcast. Um, I also co-host a podcast called co-op button, which I also think is a great podcast. It's very short. And we talk about co-op games, me and uh, my friend, the goddamn milkman. Um, and here's the part where I tell you what, you what you can do to help us. If you like this podcast, please spread the word. You could tell your undo dog sitter. You could tell your deranged plumber slash painter friend who is currently painting all your pipes, or you could just tweet about us. Uh, Twitter, I hear, is a pretty popular platform for some people who aren't Nazis. The <laughs> the only way people find out about us is through word of mouth, so please do that. Uh, you can also give us reviews on Apple Podcast or Podcast Addict, and I will read it out, just like this one from Podcast Addicts that has been sitting there since January. I am a, not great at this. Maybe I actually read this before. I hope not. Uh, This is from Jorb, who says, it's the best Super Nintendo book club based podcast I've ever heard. (laughs) Which I think is 
a, a vaguely specific, highly specific burn, um, but I like it. Uh, so yeah, leave us a review. I will read it out maybe in less than six months. Uh, you can also tweet us at Snexploration. You can also vote on uh, the games that we're going to play there at Snexploration. And finally, you can visit our website uh, at snes.zone. Post uh, about us on game FAQs. You can post about us on game FAQs if you, you want to go. You, you want to go. You could host bootlegs of us on Soulseek. Yeah. yeah. If you want to go see a vintage uh, one second before post, go check out the Earthbound game FAQs for. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, that turned into a long debate about Marxism. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's about the most on brand thing you could have done for both yourself but, and this podcast. <laughs> that's true. The bottom line is uh, we're just going to end up talking about socialism eventually. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And also, on Patreon, by the time this goes up, hopefully, there will be new rewards. And I'm talking stickers, and I'm talking pogs. Physical, yeah, physical rewards. I will send you shit. Um, For the first time, you can get physical shit for this podcast. We've been doing this for 600 years. (laughs) I will send you weird bootleg-ass looking stickers and some homemade pogs. They're good. The pogs are much better. Um, so go sign up for that. I have one Patreon, uh, patron right now. Uh, she's great. Uh, <laughs> so as always, for more inane video game discussion, go to selectbutton.net. We already, we already did that. Now let's talk about next games. So this episode was an explorer's choice. So that means that the next episode will be something that you picked or other listeners. Uh, and that will be Warlock. Uh, if you were on Twitter, you saw this. this <laughs> I won. You won. <laughs> I won. <laughs> yeah, it's based on a movie, which I'm sure we'll we'll find the time to watch, and it's going to be a goddamn nightmare. I, I so, will motherfucking find time to watch that motherfucking movie. <laughs> and I am I am so so annoyed with all of you people who picked that over a thank you i thank you our (laughs) wonderful listeners i couldn't have done this without you everyone's (laughs) going to hate me forever now it's going to be so good (laughs) um uh, but uh the the week after that is going to be i'm leaving a little space because i may need to edit this out uh is a magical poppin chosen by marina that's our next explorer's choice so yeah if you want to keep up play warlock play magical poppin um and yeah you can you can play along with us and until next time it's not that what what's it fucking called wacky ass game shit what the fuck i always forget so many things wacky it's not wacky world's creativity studio it's not fun in games it's not anything on the sega pico it's not kid picks. It's uh, it's not paint.net. It's not Photoshop, that's for sure. It's not Affinity Designer. Are we just naming <laughs> Pro? It's not Dreamweaver. Fuck, yes. <laughs> Fuck yes, we are. It's not Paint Deluxe. Oh, it's not uh GIMP? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah, we can do this. It's it's not Clip Studio Paint. Oh god. It's not Corel Draw. <laughs> it's not Corel Paint. Uh, it's not Microsoft Paint. <laughs> it's not Microsoft Paint 3D. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> it's not Microsoft 3D 3D Filmmaker. 
God. It's not uh, Adobe After Effects. <laughs> it's not. It's that... not. It's not. A, it's not Macromedia Fireworks. It's not that Peter Molyneux game about making a film studio where you can actually make a tiny little film in it. The the movies. Oh yeah, it's not Peter Molyneux's The Movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It, it's not um, Mario Maker. Mario Maker Two. It's not or... Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh God! And as always, it's not, <laughs> not... Chuck Rock. <laughs> Christ! It's not Chuck Rock. Yeah. It's Chuck Rock Maker too. <laughs> Chuck Rock Maker. Oh fuck! Now that's, sure would, that's it. Sure would be a right dire there. sign of the times if we ever covered Chuck Rock, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be a cut. It'll never happen. It'll never It'll never happen. happen. Will it? Definitely not. Candy ants. Never. No. Happen. I mean, that could be like the show finale when we do every other Super Nintendo game ever made. Yeah, uh, episode 2138, Chuck Rock, <laughs> 2. <laughs> Uh, as always, thanks to Schnabubula for that amazing tune, uh, playing Super Mario World while taking mushrooms. It's really, really good. As, as, hey, look, it's not the standard recording. I also wanted to thank a couple of forum folks from selectbutton.net for contributing music. Um, the song that, I mean, it it was, it's I'm Not Okay by My Chemical Romance. <laughs> that was contributed by Bougie Boy. It is he's absolutely incredible. And I appreciate that very much. And then the the weird little tune that has no name, <laughs> which I'm, I'm not naming it, um, was contributed by you. You uh, it was that 43 second long thing. It sounded like it was recorded on a cell phone. I loved that as well. Uh, what he said about that was, uh, I believe that the purpose of Mario Paint is to create things that you repeat ad nauseum until you lose your mind. And I think I succeeded. And frankly, I would agree. So thank you, too, for submitting songs for this. It, it means a lot to me. Uh, and thank you for listening. As always, sorry for the delay. I don't have any excuses. It's a hobby. That's my excuse. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>